Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey kids, along with our usual obscenity warning, this episode has content warnings for violent death, specifically in the excerpt. Please listen responsibly. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter four of Battle Magic. So grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's keep our thoughts to ourselves. Actually, no, let's not keep our thoughts to ourselves. Let's do the summary and then talk about this chapter. Yes. Fine. <laughs> Evie and Parham are walking Evie's board. Yeah, they're hanging out in Evie's board because there's no rocks. Mm-hmm. And at some point she does find a rock and he's like, no, you can't take it because it's the Emperor's rock. Oh, and he kind of asks her about like her magic. And he's like, oh, can you like... Move a catapult rock that's been catapulted at 290 meters per second? And no, she's like, fuck uh, you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck you. <laughs> that's too much. <laughs> and then she's like, but look, I can make lamps. And She's so good talk. at lamps. I'm proud of her. Huh. I will talk about that more later when we get into that section. Yeah, so Evie's hanging out with Parhan because the gardens are boring for Evie because there are no rocks. And then Rosethorn and Briar are roaming the gardens with the gardeners and like a bunch of other courtiers and a whole crap ton of mages in case they decide to just like take over the gardens and kill Weishu, I guess. Yeah. Um, and Rosethorn's like, we could have done that yesterday. She's also really frustrated because all of the Yanjingi mages wear like these spell beads that are making a whole bunch of noise. And she's basically like, will you be quiet? And she freaks out so much that all of the roses are like sending out tendrils to comfort her. So then Briar has to like go calm them down. And he's like, yo, chill. It's going to be fine. 
which kind of freaks out the mages even more. And so we have this whole like debate between like ambient magic and academic magic. The gang chain and... definitely has mostly academic magic. Right, right. They're not, I mean, we can already tell that their academic magic is different from the academic magic in Emelon, but that on top of that, they basically have no ambient magic. So they're like, what? <laughs> and then they find this rose that has mold on it. And the emperor is like, kill the rose off with its head. And and how how dare you gardeners let any slight imperfection exist when I am presenting my gardens to these famous mages. And Rose Thorn's like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a green mage. I can fix that mold for you. Look, there, it's done. No more mold. Let the rose live. And way she's like, ah, but it had mold. Kill the rose off with its head. And we just kind of go back and forth for a little while. And Rose Thorn and Briar are like, what if we made you a new rose with its own special color that was just for you? And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. Kill the rose off with its head. Finally, Rose Thorn like does the full bow down forehead to the ground please offer me this lowly rose as a lowly gift for my lowly self and he's like okay fine really had to humble herself for that like yeah and nobody's happy about that yeah The first step of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. Let's talk about what we absolutely hated about this chapter, as well as maybe some things we enjoyed. I'm, I'm just like, going to sit here and like let my eye twitch. I, gu- yeah, I guess sure. I guess let's go ahead and just get it out of the way. Do what a just... fucking... Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this uh, whole garden situation, shall we? Because I know we all have lots of things to say about it. Mm-hmm. Mostly what Indy just said, which is what a fucking dig. Yeah. yeah. As 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 well, as, a, as a plant person. Okay. Hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get on a box here for a second. <laughs> Go for it. Do it. There are all kinds of treatments for blight, for pests, for a wide variety of things that happen to your plants but i am also very much a uh, let nature happen because listen if i spend six hundred dollars on a fucking pear tree that gets taken down by blight and i have to do more and more and more and more to it I wouldn't pay $600 for a pear tree. Just saying. But Emperor Weishu probably would. Probably would. But if, if I have to put money into a tree to plant a tree, that's fine. I'm cool with that. If it gets blight, well, it's just not strong enough and I'm not going to spend more and more and more money every year to make sure that this plant that obviously does not want to live, lives. (laughs) By treating the plant, killing the plant, and removing the plant, 
you are not letting the plants around it build up a tolerance to it like this is this is a a herd mentality here like (laughs) herd immunity kind of uh that's kind of like the whole war of the worlds spoilers for a how old book yeah Um, but in in war of the worlds it basically becomes like a war of attrition because like the aliens are taking all these people but in the end what happens is the humans who manage to not get taken from the aliens starve out the like the aliens die by drinking the water and breathing the air and the moral of the story is that humans have earned their right to live on this planet by developing like that those antibodies it's the same thing yeah so it's that same thing it's the 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 plants that survive have earned their right to live in that garden uh what drives me crazy is like well first off rose thorn is like this mold grew overnight it's this very fast growing mold and and like there's no way your gardeners could have spotted it this until now and second she's like here i can magically instantly get rid of the mold and make the plant hardier done and Briar does it in front of him right there it's done he did it it's fixed and on top of all that yes it sucks that the plant is being murdered but he's also going to have those gardeners be beaten for something that they couldn't have got she said they could not be have caught there's no way that it could have been caught and he's like but it's their job to know exactly (laughs) and so they're all getting beaten for something that they had no control over it's crazy it's crazy this is the part I, I said earlier that I think it'll be interesting going forward to compare Weishu to Baronine. And this is one of the first scenes that I really saw like a very obvious contrast because Baronine also has these beautiful gardens that we get to explore. But she is so different in how she tends them because first of all, she would probably already know what that mold was and be like, oh, this is what it is, yada, yada, yada. And she would know that the gardeners wouldn't have been able to handle it. And she might have instructions but like, oh, this needs to happen and whatever. But like, she wouldn't have reacted this way. Especially not if Briar was like, oh, I can get rid of that mold for you. She's like, great, thanks. By the way, want to come hang out in my bed chamber? Uh, no. <laughs> that's, that's my simplification of Baronine and Briar's interactions. <laughs> I guess my point there is that I really respect Baronine's like commitment to her gardens where she's like, this is something that she wants to care for. And so she learns about it and studies it and is herself involved and and understands and doesn't just expect somebody else to make it perfect, even when that's not possible. And he's just like, everything must be perfect. If it's not perfect, off with its head. Apparently battle magic is Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) That's what it seems like. I mean, the the king is Delulu, as the kids call it. (laughs) (laughs) what else y'all want to talk about evie asking parahan hey where'd you get all those scars from it was like no no my mom gave me my shoulders yeah yeah i I was i was born with these scars yeah yeah but clearly i mean i i guess there is the uh idea that maybe he was tortured or something you know maybe that's why he's got all those scars but the dude's been fighting since he was a kid which is yeah 
insane, but like not only fighting, but like leading people as a child, which is insane. Again, Evie and Parahan talking about like kind of the dynamics of Parahan's family and his uncle and his dad and the emperor and all that. And Parahan says that he is the emperor's most rewarding toy. And Evie says that that would make me angry. And he says, mm-hmm. you're free. You can afford anger. And it's a very like kind of just depressing like mindset where uh, clearly this man has no control over his own life because he's literally a prisoner and it's like he kind of has a point like to survive and not just be you know beaten to death or something or just executed like he needs to be very careful about what he says and what he does and everything and it's it's just kind of a bummer it's a it's such a good line yeah and right after that uh it's something that reminded me of a meme but uh he says that uh, he hears a lot of interesting thing at the emperor's feet, and his his father always complained that he spent all his time in school joking around. He would be very pleased if he knew how much I was learning now. Don't know why the first thing that fucking popped into my head was this meme of like, would you take five hundred thousand dollars in cash or a dinner with Jay Z, and people being like, kind of delusional and saying oh i take the dinner with jay-z because he's such a shrewd businessman and you know you, you'd get more out of that meeting than just getting the money right but it's like you could also just put that money in an investment portfolio and make a lot of money and just live off the interest that's, that that's what i was thinking yeah it's not hard <laughs> uh we already kind of talked about the parahan asking evie about the catapult and the rock and she's like Can't really move it too big, but I can't make it get there faster a little bit, which is Mm -hmm. interesting because that is one of those like mind things where you're like, we know she can kind of control rock, but like, where, where, where's the limit? What, what, what exactly can she do? So a neat little tidbit. I like the bit after where she's like, but look what I can do. And she makes the rocks glow and she's like, yeah, we saved a shit ton of money on lamps. And I think this is kind of like that same thing, you know, like, hmm, would you rather be able to control a catapult or would you rather be able to have lamps all the time? I will take the lamps. Absolutely. I love that, like, this compare, it's almost like this comparison of, like, this, like, incredible cosmic power versus just, like, practical magic. And I love just the simple practicality. Yes. Not gonna lie, I would take the catapult a hundred a hundred percent of the time i could just threaten people with rocks and get lamps for free <laughs> y'all are thinking too small i don't know uh i like the guards standing up and being like oh you can't steal the emperor's breakfast when uh parahound and everything like, we're hungry let's go see what we can steal i love that whole conversation it's like, yes gonna steal. we're just gonna borrow i and i love the just mentally i just pictured them hooking their arms together and just skipping away. Just right? like skipping. Skipping down the trail. Away. So cute. Like this big burly man. This 12 year old girl. Just skipping. Just, it's, just... It would yeah. be Toph with the guy who plays her in the Ember Island episode. Yeah. The two of them <laughs> arm in arm skipping down the lane. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. The boulder feels conflicted. <laughs> The yes. I also like 
Rosler and Briar in the garden being considered far more dangerous than than them in the in the throne room. Even though, if they wanted to fuck shit up with the with the plants inside the throne room, they could have done it. Yeah, but I do love that assessment. I mean, it's it's a very like. Uh, I feel like anyone with a brain should have been like, you know, any plant at all is an issue, not just all the plants. But these mages clearly don't understand, like, the abilities that they have. Well, they don't, because don't they talk about, uh, like, how they, like, work magic and the other people, like, can't feel it? They don't notice it? Yeah. Yeah, they don't know at all. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I they was don't understand say, they also have no idea about ambient magic like it, it's it's very obvious that they just don't understand well it's very rare where they're at so yeah of course they wouldn't have an understanding of it yeah yeah uh when rose thorn and uh briar fix the rose bush and uh, he starts giving them the 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 fucking the spiel of being like, you know, oh, we can fix that here, most charitable and wise Majesty. And Rosalind's yeah. like, boy, you're really laying it, it on thick. Yeah, and that uh, to her, Briar sounded like the flattering, thieving imp who had stolen his way into her garden and workroom five years ago. It's just so I, sweet. I have an addition to that. She says the flattering, thieving imp that had stolen his way into her garden and her heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it's what so she meant. That's what, yeah. yep. Her son. Aww. She loves that boy. Yeah, that's her boy. Uh, I don't really know the meaning of this part, but the Emperor helping Rosethorn up, that was like, I don't know if it was just political or just being nice, but uh, it was interesting to see the Emperor give someone a hand to help them up. Well, okay, if you if you notice, immediately after he's like, so have you thought about the color of those roses, or is it too soon? <laughs> like, immediately after helping her up. It is all political. Yeah, yeah, I guess he just really wants them flowers now. Mm-hmm. What a selfish man. I'm gonna go next, because Goodwin stole, like, half of mine. Evie is bored with the gardens because there are no rocks. And my thought was, Evie needs to go visit New Mexico, like, where I grew up. Because they zero scape, and she would love zero scaping. That is such a cool like concept. I I grew up in, well, yeah, as a kid in Las Vegas. So like, yeah, having people use natural stone and rocks and like mm-hmm. not grass to decorate because of drought condition is yeah pretty cool. I can't imagine a garden without rocks. Rosethorn, the way she is like desperately trying to save this rose reminds me of a mama with their kid but the record show Brittany is nodding (laughs) uh parahan is specifically described here as like wearing a loincloth and i appreciated the like clarification on his clothing that's it 
Damn, I really did take because I think most of mine got stolen too. So I'm not sure if this one got stolen. So I'll, I'll talk about it. Um, when they walk into, when they go into the garden, um, they have a lot more guards on them. Because apparently Rose Thorn and Briar in a garden were considered far more dangerous than Rose Thorn and Briar in a throne room. As if we couldn't have turned those potted plants into weapons, Rose Thorn thought. Not wrong. She's not wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they carry little bundles on them still, too. So, <laughs> yeah. So dangerous whether they have their plants, plants around them or in not. The garden, yeah. So they'll figure their shit out. They're even dangerous if you have them around wood. Right? Like, yeah. they turn the doors back into trees. So you guys are yeah. popped regardless. So Remember that, that palanquin was, like, sprouting. Mm-hmm. Just because Rose Thorne was, like, upset. She was stressed. She wasn't even trying to do anything. And your guard, <laughs> I feel like most of the guards are probably mages. And none of them are ambient mages. So they don't even know when they're using magic. So they're fucked regardless. So the guards are not doing any good whatsoever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'd like to mention of uh, somebody's tattoos that were motionless. I'm like, poor guy. Yeah. I also have a motionless tattoo. I want one that moves like Briar. That would be cool. I liked that reference. Yeah. Like, this man has a tattoo, but it doesn't move. I want one like Briar. That'd be cool. And that's it. All of mine got taken except for those. I'm sorry. It's fine. We usually steal all yours, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Revenge. All part of the plan. Took all the good bits. Yeah. yeah. All right, Andy. Okay. I really like the the of. <laughs> In their rush to watch everything bloom, or whatever reason they had chosen for getting out of bed at this hour. <laughs> Relatable. Why the fuck am I up this early? Let me go back to bed. <laughs> yes, I agree. If Evie becomes a dedicate, she's gonna have to learn how to do that. Yep. 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 She's gonna hate it, and it's gonna be hilarious. And I don't remember which book it's mentioned in, but I believe, well, we don't know what she's dedicated, which which of the, like, four elements, as it were, she's dedicating herself, which gods she's dedicating herself to. But I believe it's mentioned in one of the books that the Earth Temple dedicates have their services at midnight. Oh, she would like that, I think. Doesn't have to get up at the butt crack of dawn. Get to stay up late, yeah. Yeah, but what if you stay up late and then you still have to get up with the butt crack off? No. That'd be horrible. That'd be horrible. No. 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 I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the conversation between Evie and Manhattan just cracks me up in general. Um, are all of those from fighting? No, my mother gave me my shoulders. <laughs> He's just... I love him. Just um, a little sarcastic. Yeah. Oh, it's a sad gardener who doesn't remove everything but the proper plant. I feel oh, like Baronine would hold to that, too. 
Yeah. But not as badly. Yeah. Right? Like, Weishu will, like, beat the shit out of them. I don't think Baronine would beat the sh- She might, like, chastise them until in until they were a puddle. But I don't think she'd have them, like, flogged. Yeah. yeah. Or she might just, like, have them reassigned to some other shitty-ass job. Yeah. I've, I've already mentioned the, the last one with good ones, which was uh, have you thought as to the color and shape of our roses? Mm-hmm. Or is this too soon to require? Motherfucker! This motherfucker. Anyway, that was a dislike, but that's mine. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? The theme I found was patience, because Rosethorn is having to be patient 
with these motherfuckers because they want to keep making noise and they want to know what the plants are thinking. But how can I think and know what the plants are thinking if you won't show the fuck up? So she's being very patient. She's trying to not lose her cool. So she's being very, very patient. Same with the Emperor and uh, Briar and trying to keep Briar from like going crazy and potentially yeah. walking the fucking up. shop. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. A flaw is not to be tolerated. Is that yours? Mm-hmm. Do you uh, want to add on that or should I add on to it because mine is perfection? Uh... I feel like my my noises and groans of frustration adds to what I think of this whole thing. <laughs> that's that's your feeling, yeah. So that's mine, that's my feelings on it. Mine There's is perfection. An eye roll and a, a noise of exasperation. Well, luckily you made the noise because the eye roll was completely this podcast, right. so people uh... eye roll. So. <laughs> I know that's why I make the noises. There we go. <laughs> and you brought visual aids to the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah uh, I wrote perfection, but also the facade of perfection, mm. because nothing can be perfect except maybe the divine. And as I was writing that, I was like, but then again, I'm pretty sure Weishu is like supposed to be divine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he's in a title somewhere. So I kind of have, so I feel like he has this need to like make, everything has to be perfect because if there is any imperfection, then people will stop thinking he's divine. Right. Because it reflects on him. Yeah. Which maybe Baronine was just lucky that that she's just an empress. She's not also supposed to be divine. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't remember, but I mean, because he's got like 7,000 titles, so I don't remember yeah. which one it is, but I'm pretty sure there is one in there. That oh, I'm sure there's like, one somewhere. His that's divine, divine majesty, child of the gods, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my theme was ignorance. Uh, and very much kind of like in the vein of the Dunning-Kruger effect, where like the dumber you are, the smarter you think you are. Yes, because mm-hmm. we see him, uh, uh, Briar and Rosethorn talking about like how foolish they are because the Imperial Mages think they know everything, and they don't. They very clearly do not. But since they've been told that they know everything, and they work for the Emperor, who's supposed to know everything, they're like, "Oh, we know best. We know what we're supposed to do. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. You can't teach us anything." Uh, and. It just goes to, like, the dumber you are, the smarter you think you are. Because you don't know what you don't know. And then as you get smarter on the scale, the dumber you feel because you know what you don't know. And then it kind of goes back up again when you do get smart because you do know what you do know, but you don't know what you, you, you know what you don't know. It makes perfect just, sense. It, it yeah, really well, does. If you think about it, I, I actually it am. Yeah, it's it's a U. The the graph is a U. If on the on the left side going up, it's how much you actually know, or how much you think you know, and on the bottom is what you actually know. 
So on the left side, the less you know, the more you think you know, because you're dumb and you don't know what you don't know. In the middle, you kind of know what you don't know, and you are aware that you don't know. On the far side, you know what you know, and you know what you don't know. You have knowledge, but you're also aware of where there are gaps in your knowledge. Yeah, like you're yes. you're aware that like if you don't know something, you don't have to like make it up or like pretend that you know. Like you know that you don't know that stuff. So fucking right. something like that one fucking <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld, I think. Did uh, never mind. Um, but yeah, you can. I, I also brought up a Confucius quote, which is real knowledge is to know the extent of one's ignorance. So you know how mm. dumb you are. Yes. Maybe that's a little more clear. Mm. Yeah. But you know like what you don't know. You know what you don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know shit. I was gonna say <laughs> I am. I. But that means you're smarter than the people that don't know what they don't know. Because yeah. they don't well, know what they don't I'm know, so they think ass. they know it. Yeah. No, yeah. but you're smarter than them because you know what you don't know. I'm smarter than the people, people that don't know. Don't know what they, they know. know. But don't know. Exactly. Exactly. It makes perfect sense if you it think makes- about it. Perfect. Not at all. Like, being smart is knowing that what you don't know. Being smart is knowing you're dumb. Exactly. There you go. Because if you know you're dumb, you know what your limits are. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? Uh, I guess I'll go. Sure. Do it. Uh, Do everyone's stuff again. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm stealing it. This is going to be everybody's. Uh, perfection is overrated. Amen. Yes. Not everything has to be picture perfect how you imagined it. You're setting yourself up for disappointment if you try to do that. Sometimes stuff doesn't work out how you want it to, but it works out how you need it to. My wedding with my wife. Lover. We weren't really planning on getting married anytime soon but stuff happened and we decided now was the time and everything fell into place and i think it was great i think it went i think it went great it was beautiful I enjoyed it. It was so good delightful. oh thank you thank you i wasn't fishing for compliments or anything but you know <laughs> uh but yeah it, everything turned out great we had so much help uh it came at the perfect time and you know it was mm-hmm. it was awesome Mine is not related, but I do have an addition to that. I do a lot of craft stuff, and like Molly, you can attest to this or not, as someone who also does a lot of sewing. Um, so something I was taught at a very, very young age, um, because I I had two very different uh, schools of thought that trained me. One of which was. Oh, you can't ride a bike in five minutes the first time you've ever sat on it. I'm going to go sell your bike because you don't deserve it. Um, yes, notes. <laughs> I am currently uh, crossing. right now. Um, yeah, my, my biological mother was the person who told me when in I was a grade younger than almost everybody else in the competition It was a tri-state competition, and I got second place. That is insane. This is a writing competition. I got second place. That's awesome. 
And her comment was, second place is just the first loser. So, so that is one train of thought that I've had in my life. The other one, my pusa taught me, which is nothing is perfect except for the divine. And to strive for perfection is to try to play God. My pusa was a wise woman. <laughs> I love that. Um, and so she also did a lot of sewing. This is one of the reasons I love doing what I do. Um, and she would always intentionally fuck up somewhere mm-hmm. in it. Because to create perfection is to play God. I, I every time that I like mess up or something, I'm just like, <sighs> like, yeah. like there it, it is not necessary to be perfect, like to be perfect, to be good at what you do. So like, yeah, also this you is an addition. S- this is not a. <laughs> you said she was Native American. Yes, Muskogee. Muskogee. I don't know what tribe Sherman Alexi is from, and that's bad of me, and I should, but. I know Sherman Alexi has written about the same thing in his uh, books. And I'm pretty sure that somebody I know who's Navajo, who I grew up with, mentioned that in their culture as well. There, there, that is a a big thing in a lot of native cultures. Indigenous cultures, yeah. Um, I mean, and that's, that's across the world. I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. oh Spokane and Coeur d'Alene that's uh that's German Alexi mm-hmm. I was just typing random tribes in the chat <laughs> I mean it's <laughs> hopefully we get it right we're just gonna keep picking random ones until we get there yeah I know he's like more from an area more north Washington did you want to go ahead and go with do yours since you added on Natalie yeah. I mean, I can. If you Might as well. Go okay. for it. Mine is taken from a direct quote. Um, you can afford anger. There's a lot going on right now. And I'm not going to get too, too much on a box here. But something I keep hearing repeatedly is the phrase you can afford anger because the world is angry about many things going on um and the people who are going through it cannot afford anger because anger kills hope like ultimately to have hope that the situation will end and that things will work out better than where they're at you have to have hope rather than anger and everyone who is not in it can't afford the anger and like i i'm already an angry person but (laughs) i have some real real strong opinions we already know this and i think where i was going with this is no when anger is not what is needed like we can be outraged, we can be angry, but we also have to recognize it is not acceptable all the time. We have to offer hope. I need to remember that. 
because as seen earlier before we started recording my answer is fuck that guy uh, <laughs> so i there needs to be more more hope and uh words said of love rather than immediate anger so yeah kind of rambled there for a minute i need to hear that one too because i have a lot of words of anger and hate here mm -hmm. lately so yeah instead of love yeah i feel Uh, that yeah you're welcome uh mine is also taken from a quote it's related to good it is related to good ones i needed shaking up we all did yeah, I don't really know what to add to this. It's not always good to just settle into the the old and the traditional, and and uh, we should. Because our lives need a good shaking. Yeah, and and we should listen to new voices who are coming up around us and have new ideas, even when and don't look at those things as impossible or stupid, and be like, oh hey, this is this is a way of looking at it that I never thought of, and that's valuable. Yeah. Mine is when Rose Thorn is thinking mean things about the other mages. And luckily she only thinks it. She doesn't say it out loud. She's trying to keep her anger at bay. I need to work on that because I I let my emotions get the best of me. And whenever I feel something, I let it be known. I, I'm quick to react. And sometimes I need to uh, be like Rose Thorn and just let the thoughts stay in my head instead of verbally saying them. Because sometimes I can get myself into trouble with saying those things out loud. So uh, leave those thoughts in my head. Take a deep breath. Calm down. Process process what's going on. And... uh, Maybe things aren't as bad as I'm making it out to be because sometimes I, I I get way too angry over nothing. So just calm down. Keep it keep it in, in, in my head for a minute. Think about it first. Relatable. <laughs> <laughs> no All right. Everybody ready to get fucked up? Let's go. Let's do it. What? Let's do this. I I'm ready. so excited. <laughs> I mean, Goodwin complained that there was not enough death in the first chapter. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, thanks. For- well, 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 well. We're already to chapter that. five. Chapter five, <laughs> and we're getting fucked up. Hooray, let's go. <laughs> it is called battle magic. If it, it is. isn't the, <laughs> the fucking. Uh, all right. The result of my us. own actions. Yep. Lay it on us. Here we go. All right. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter five of. You say we like to. I don't know if we like to now. (laughs) Someone splashed her with heavy, stinking oil. She struggled to shake it off her leaves and blossoms, but the oil clung. 
Her sisters cried out from its weight on their stems in greenery as the men who cared for them walked between them, throwing this dreadful liquid all over them. The men didn't even care that they broke twigs and knocked petals off their blooms. The men were usually so careful. Now they came to fling dry reeds down between their plants, reeds that dripped with more of the stinking oil. She didn't understand. None of them understood. The rose plants didn't understand, but the sleeping rose thorn did. With a cry, she thrust her blankets aside and jumped out of bed. She didn't even remember to put on shoes. Still half asleep, not thinking of Briar or Evie, she raced out of the pavilion through a back door. The first touch of flame to reeds brought her to her knees on a trail that skirted a willow pond. She lurched to her feet ahead and ran on as light grew slowly in the sky ahead. When she reached the rose garden, all of it was in flames. The gardeners had been bound and left at its center. They were done screaming. The emperor and his soldiers watched on horseback from the main path. The emperor saw her as he turned his horse to ride away. The plants harbored mold, and the gardeners allowed them to do so, he said, his face calm. Surely you understand that no imperfection is permitted at my palaces. I did tell you. He looked past Rosethorn. Slaves will come to escort you back. Rosethorn felt Briar put his arm around her shoulders. He had felt her magic, wakened, and followed her to discover what way she had ordered done. Once the emperor and his soldiers were out of sight, Briar spat on the path. They waited together on the edge of the burning garden until the slaves came with a palanquin. By then, the roses had burned to the gravel, and new gardeners had come to dig up the roots. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. I'm sorry, I go off on like random shit sometimes. We all do. Yes, yes we do. Um, That is part of the charm of this podcast is our tangents. I hope so. (laughs) I think that's why people listen to us, because we're so entertaining. We're just so entertaining. I think we are. I mean, other podcasts have an embosser. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Right? We have a boss. An imposter is pretty fucking cool. It is really <laughs> fucking cool. 